glorify God and bless His holy name. Let's give Him glory. Let's give Him honor. Let's give Him adoration. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him for what He did in January. Praise Him for what He did in February. Praise Him for what He did in March, in April, in May, in June. Praise Him for what He did in July. Give Him glory for what He did last month. Magnify His holy name for all the testimonies you have heard. Give Him glory and honor because your own testimonies are already around the corner. Bless His holy name. Bless His holy name. Give Him glory. Give Him honor. Give Him adoration. Magnify His holy name. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Give Him glory. Give Him honor. Praise the King of kings. Praise the Lord of lords. Praise the Ancient of days. Give Him glory. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Magnify His holy name. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him for our new year. Give Him glory for September, a new beginning for the redeemed Christian Church of God. A new beginning for you. A new beginning for your family. Praise Him. Give Him glory. Give Him honor. Give Him adoration. Bless His holy name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Anytime the Bible says God remembered somebody, the tide turns for such a fellow. Lift your voice to the Almighty God tonight, loud and clear, and say, Lord, please remember me. Open your mouth and cry to the Almighty God. Remember me, O Lord. You remember Sarah, you remember Hannah, remember Rachel. Lord, remember me. Remember me, O Lord, remember me tonight. Remember me tonight. Remember me. Almighty God, please remember me tonight. Remember me tonight. Father, remember me. King of glory, remember me. Please remember me, Lord. Just remember me for good. Please, Lord, remember me tonight. Remember me. Remember me also, Lord God Almighty, remember me. 
Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. We give you all the glory. We give you honor. We give you all the glory. We give you honor, Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you honor. We give you all the glory. We give you Omega will give you all the glory. The beginning and the ending will give you all the glory. The unchangeable changer will give you all the glory. The lifter up of our heads will give you all the glory. Please accept our worship in Jesus' name. We thank you especially for our last convention. We thank you for salvation of souls. We thank you for healings. We thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders. We thank you for the children that came by hundreds of thousands. We thank you that you kept each and every one of them safe. We thank you for joining mercies to and fro. Father, accept our thanks in Jesus' name. We thank you for provision. We thank you for your sufficiency. We thank you for the joy we have in you. Father, please accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Father, this is the beginning of a new year for your church. In the lives of everybody here tonight and all those who are listening to us all over the world, let there be a new beginning. Beginning from now to the next year's convention, on a daily basis, let there be wonders. You've told us in advance that next year we'll be shouting wonderful. Father, beginning from now, let the wonders begin. Even before tomorrow morning, let somebody here shout wonderful. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.
Hey, let somebody shout hallelujah. Ah, shake and withdraw three people and say happy new year. God bless you. And then you may be seated except those who are born in the month of September. If you are born in September, let me hear you shout hallelujah. Father, I, I want to thank you for your children who are born in the month of September. For us as a church, it's our own year of our own beginning of a new year. So for all these children born in September, Father, let there be a new beginning. A new beginning of success, of fruitfulness, of power, of glory, of anointing, of a closer walk with you. In every area of their lives, let them be fruitful. And let them serve you to the end. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Well, let the children of September shout another hallelujah. God bless you, you may be seated. As you know very well, uh, next month, is our youth convention and uh, if anything to go by if what we saw in the first talk tonight is anything to go by then you know very well that the youth convention this year is going to be absolutely glorious so and the theme for next month therefore is his power and glory. Um, a bird flies with two wings. The two wings of the Most High are his power and his glory. It's going to be absolutely glorious. So if I were you, I would get ready and I would invite all the youth young adults all the youth are those who are younger than I the elders are those who are older than I so if you are younger than 77 you are youth so let all the youth shout a big hallelujah so next month is the youth convention now before I go to the message this uh, evening, I want to make a very special appeal to you and can pass a message on to your friends. I want to beg you not to think of retaliation against South Africa. And I will tell you why. You say I tell stories is because I've seen a bit 
in my 77 years on earth. In 1966, just before the Civil War, uh, Colonel, it was Colonel there, Odumegu Ojuku, made an announcement over the radio. At that time, I was at the University of Nigeria, Onsuka. And he said that he could no longer guarantee the safety of those who came outside the eastern region. We were in regions then. So he told all of us who were not Easterners to go home. Okay. And all our brothers who are of Eastern origin sympathize with us because our studies at Unsuka was coming to an abrupt end. The university authorities called a meeting and they told us they would make arrangements to transport those of us who are not uh, of Eastern origin back to our regions. But then suddenly news came over the radio that the students of the University of Ibadan had cornered all the brethren from the east and that they are holding them to ransom saying they will not be released until everybody from western region has come back home. Immediately everything changed. All of our friends from the eastern or eastern region, people we have been friends together, eating together, playing ball together, etc., etc., who were sympathizing a moment ago, changed. And immediately they began to hold meetings on, as to how to keep all of us who are from outside the east, in the east, until they have all their own brothers restored to them. I mean, everything changed. In my life, I can count three or four occasions when I had known fear in the real sense of the word. I knew it that day. Because all of us then gathered together. We were not very many. <laughs> and there was one man among us from Ekiti who was noted for expensive jokes. While we were all trembling, not knowing what we were going to do, he said, well, my own case is simple. My wife has just got a son. 
If I die now, nobody will say that I never came into the world. <laughs> Suddenly, the possibility of dying came to us. <sighs> you don't know what it is to be in another man's land not knowing what will happen overnight be careful don't retaliate against South Africa because of the Nigerians who are seeing South Africa if you understand me, say amen. Mm. It took divine intervention <laughs> to get us across the Niger again. Because the moment we saw what was happening, those of us, those who had money, began to run away to go and take uh, transport from Osuka to Asaba. I had just won what they called in those days Senate Scholarship. It means the Senate of the university was going to pay my school fees, my allowances, because I was the best in mathematics department and so I had spent every money I had because I, I knew money was coming and now I'm down to zero I had no money even if I wanted to run away and the university I said <laughs> anyway let me, let me leave the story there now let me tell you one thing And I'm sure many of you know it Anytime they say that A university is rioting The people who are actually rioting Are always less than 10% Of the population of the university Those of you who know what I'm talking about Say amen The rest of us, we lock ourselves in the room reading a book. Of course, if they see you, those, the few who are rioting, if they see you, they can come and break your head with a bottle. The average South African is a decent person. I know. Those who are causing the trouble are not many. If you have a South African living near you, show them love. Protect them from any harm. Don't 
Because let me tell you point blank. Huh? Even if the government were to repatriate all Nigerians from South Africa, within the next two months, they'll be back. You know Nigerians now. <laughs> Why did they go to South Africa to start with? You repatriate them, bring them to Nigeria. Do we have enough jobs for those who stayed? So for the sake of your own kit and king, don't retaliate against South Africa. Let us leave this job to the government. Let them solve this problem at the governmental level. Pray for them that God will give them wisdom, give them the understanding, give them the ability to do it. Let me put it in a light manner now. Those of you who agree with me say I. Those who disagree with me say nay. Ah, the eyes have it. Let's put our hands together for the Almighty God. Glory be to God. Okay, okay. Lifted into glory. <clears throat> As usual, we want to spend the next few minutes talking to those who have not yet surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. For these people, I'll be reading from Hebrews chapter 2, from verse 14 to 15. Hebrews 2, 14 to 15. I thank God for those who have spoken before me. Thank God for the young man I saw. I saw the energy, the jumping up and down. <laughs> <laughs> in Yoruba land if we are going to compare the jumping to the preaching we will probably say the jumping itself oh god <laughs> I was watching in my prayer room I said, this man will be tired before he finished preaching. But what a wonderful message. What a wonderful message. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause. <laughs> if you don't gain anything at all from what he said, please go home with this. The more you pray in the spirit, the more godly you become. If you pray in the spirit more and more, God will change you more and more. And then Mama came and presented the matter in a motherly fashion. This time there was no jumping, there was no sweating. She just kept on digging it and pushing it to you right where 
it will sing. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause for, for Mama. Okay. After those two people, it, it, it's almost difficult for a small pastor to preach. But then, I'm already here, and so we'll do what God wants us to do. Hebrews chapter 2 from verse 14 to 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Every sinner is a prisoner. A prisoner of the devil. A prisoner held in bondage. Kept in a dungeon. Every sinner, whether they want to admit it or not, is asleep in a hole, a dark, horrible hole, head captive by Satan himself. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 verse 8, 1 John chapter 3 verse 8, he said, He that sinneth is of the devil. You're a sinner, you belong to the devil. And the Bible says you belong to him lawfully. You are his slave legally. And so he says in Isaiah chapter 49 verse 24, Isaiah 49 verse 24, he said, who is going to de- deliver the prey from the mighty? Who is going to take the lawful captive away from the owner? So a sinner is a captive. Captive of Satan in a dungeon, a deep dark hole and if somebody is in a hole and he wants to come out of the hole he has to cry for help the unfortunate thing for sinners is that even if they cry their sin will not allow the only one who can help them to hear Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2 Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2 says, It's not as if God cannot reach down and bring anybody out of the hole. The hand of the Lord is not shortened that he cannot say, His arms are everlasting arms. No matter how deep the hole, his hand is still deeper than the hole. Neither is he heavy that he cannot hear. God is not deaf. He said, but your sin 
I've separated between you and your God, so you, you cry to him, he won't even hear. On the other hand, a saved soul is someone who had heard the truth. And the truth has set him or her free. Because the Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 32, John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So the difference between the sinner and the saint is that the saint heard the truth and responded. What is the truth that can make you free? Truth number one is that there is salvation in Jesus and Jesus alone. Acts chapter 4 from verse 10 to 12. Acts 4, 10 to 12. There's salvation in no other, no other than in the name of Jesus. That's truth number one. Truth number two. It is the blood of Jesus Christ alone that cleanses from all sins. First John chapter one, verse seven. First John chapter one, verse seven. The blood of Jesus Christ is and cleanses from all sins. Not the blood of the blood of goats or bullocks. According to Hebrews chapter 10, from verse 1 to 10. Hebrews 10, 1 to 10. It doesn't matter how many times you slaughter animals to atone for your sin. It's of no use. Truth number three is that there is someone who can deliver the lawful captive. There's someone mightier than the devil. Isaiah chapter 49, from verse 25 to 26. Isaiah 49, 25 to 26. says clearly, clearly, there is someone who can deliver you, who can lift you up from the dungeon. There's someone who can take the captives away from the mighty, who can take the prey from the terrible. That person is the Almighty God. Truth number four. There is someone who can translate you from darkness into light. Because if you are a sinner, captured by Satan, you'll be dwelling in darkness. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 to 15. Colossians 1 12 to 15 made it clear. It is the Lord Jesus Christ that can translate us out of darkness into the marvelous light of God. Truth number five. Ephesians chapter two from verse 13 to 18. Ephesians 2, 13 to 18. Made it clear. That wall that was separating you from God had been broken down by Jesus Christ. If you allow Jesus Christ, he can give you access to the Almighty God. Truth number six, 
John chapter 1 from verse 11 to 12. John 1, 11 to 12. As many as believed in Jesus Christ, to them gave he power to be called sons of God. Jesus can move you into the family of God by adoption. Romans chapter 8 verse 15. Romans 8 15 tells us we now cry Abba Father because we have been adopted into the family of God. Someone was asking me some time ago, is it alright to adopt a child? I said, ah, we are all adopted children of God. He has only one begotten son. The rest of us are all adopted. But through Jesus Christ, we can be adopted into the family of God. And truth number seven, Second Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen. Second Corinthians five verse seventeen. The Bible says, "In Christ, all things pass away; all things have become new. He can make all things new." And truth number eight. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 to 11. Revelation 12, 10 to 11. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, you can overcome Satan. Just by the blood of that Lamb of God, the one who had held you captive, you can now hold him captive. You can overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb. And then truth number nine, James chapter four, verse seven, James four, verse seven. If you surrender to God, you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. Plain truth. Which brings me to the final truth, truth number 10. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you call on his name, you shall be saved. So you have a choice. The choice is to remain a slave to Satan, kept in his dungeon or to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and be lifted out of darkness into light out of captivity into freedom out of slavery into sunwood but nobody can force you the choice is yours do you want to stay on with Satan so that he can keep on tormenting you? Or do you want to come over to the side of Jesus Christ and tell Satan, now you are under my feet? A friend of mine was talking the other day. It's a very funny friend of mine. I won't tell you too much about him. Some of you probably have heard about him not too long ago. 
he doesn't think like other people think. It's different. He was talking about kidnappers. And he was saying that you don't have to kill kidnappers. But what you should do when you arrest them is hand them over to former victims of kidnapping. Hand them over to them, turn your back for three days. After three days, come and rescue them. He said they will never kidnap again. I think you know what he's talking about. If you cross over to the side of Jesus Christ, Satan becomes your victim. The one who used to torment you becomes somebody you begin to torment. And you know what? If you give your life to Jesus Christ today, you can become a terror to the devil. And all those evil forces that have shown undue interest in you, that have kept you in barrenness all these years, will now tremble when they hear you shout Jesus. Because they will be able to say, Jesus I know, and now I know this fellow who has surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. So if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, come and stand before me. I will pray for your salvation. You become a member of the family of God. And if you are a family of God, barrenness will no longer be your portion. And the almighty God, who have been doing marvelous things for others, will be free to do the same thing for you. Come, come and give your life to him. Very soon you'll be singing. I am lifted. I'm lifted by the blood of the Lamb. Out of sin and sorrow. Into the glory of the Lord. Come. Come and surrender your life to him. You give your life to him. He will lift you out of sin, out of sorrow, out of fruitlessness, out of the darkness of the dungeon of Satan. Come. He's calling you. Talk to the Almighty God. Ask Him to have mercy on you. Ask Him to forgive all your sins. Ask Him to save your soul. And promise Him that from now on, you will serve Him. That you don't want to have anything to do with the devil anymore. You want to spend the rest of your life serving the Almighty God. And He will answer you and receive you into the family of God. And the rest of us, please, let's stretch our hands towards our new brothers and sisters. And pray that the Almighty God will have mercy on them. That he will forgive all their sins. And rescue them from the yoke of bondage of Satan. Pray that today will mark a new beginning for them. Even as they are received into the family of God. Pray for them. Intercede for them. Pray that God will have mercy each and every one of them. Pray for them. 
pray that the one who saved your soul will save their own souls also. And those of you who are coming forward for salvation, you have to hurry up a bit now because I'm about to pray. Pray. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Savior, I just want to thank you very much because you made a promise that whosoever will come unto you, you will know why it's cast out. These people have come now to surrender their life to you. Please receive them in Jesus' name. Forgive all their sins. Let your blood wash them clean. Save their souls today. Write their names in the book of life. And please receive them into the family of God. And I pray that from now, anytime they call on you, you will answer them by fire. And I pray that they will never go back into the chains of Satan again. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Now, those of you who have come forward, let me hear you shout hallelujah. All right, I'm rejoicing with you because from now on I'll be praying for you. And so I'm going to need your names, your address, and your prayer request. Congratulations. God bless you.
Thank you very much. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 21. And I'm reading from verse 1 to 7. Genesis 21. From verse 1 to 7. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. God will visit somebody here tonight. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God has made me to laugh, so that all that here will laugh with me. Somebody here will laugh from now on. And she said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck, for have born him a son in his old age? We're talking about lifted into glory. Inside every man, every woman, is a hunger to go higher. Everybody wants to go higher. The student in the university wants to graduate. Thank God we are anointing our graduates from round to nine. After they get their first degree, after the celebration of about one week or so, they suddenly discover that if they were called Mr. the day before, they are still Mr. now. If they were Miss before, they are still Miss. So they would say, maybe if I go for PhD, huh, then I can become doctor. Then they get PhD and they are called doctor. And they rejoice. Until they see a watch repairer who calls himself doctor of watches. So they say, no, 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 I think I better move forward and become professor. And they become professor. And they rejoice for a while. Until they get to the filling station and find that there's no difference between professor and taxi driver at the petrol station. And they say, okay, if I become VC, maybe I better stop there so that... uh, But everybody wants to go higher. The single wants to be married. The married wants to have children. The mother of children will want to become grandmother. 
In the name that's above every other name, every one of you here today shall be lifted. Now, as I spoke earlier on, I was talking about sinners being in a hole. But do you know that almost everyone is in one kind of hole or the other? Some are in physical hole. They are not dead, but one leg alive, one leg in the grave. Some people are socially in a hole, lonely, no friends. Some are maritally in a hole, single or barren. Their marriage is hell on earth. Some people are materially in a hole, no job. No money, many a times in debt. Some are career-wise in a hole. If not have promotion now for donkey years, those who are their juniors have been promoted above them. Some are emotionally in a hole, sad, depressed. Afraid, some are spiritually in a hole, backsliding, and merely pretending. And then there are some people who are in more than one hole. Some are sick, and at the same time, no friends, no helpers, no promotion, no wife, no children, no job. There are some people who are so deep in their hole now that when you say Happy New Year, it means nothing to them. But in the name of the one who called me, no matter how deep your hole, you are coming out tonight. As I go ahead, when you need to write down a prayer point, I will tell you, you will write it down because I will want you to do all the praying together tonight. Are you in a physical hole? There is someone who can pull you out. In Mark chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, Mark chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, the Bible talked about a man with a withered hand. If a hand is withered, there's nothing the mourner of the hand can do about it. But there is someone who can make the withered hand whole. Have you an incurable disease? Second Kings chapter five, from verse one to fourteen. Second Kings five, one to fourteen. There was nothing a man could do about leprosy. With all his fame, with all his wealth, he was watching helplessly as one finger after the other was dropping off. 
that there's someone who can lift you out of the hole of an incurable disease. When somebody hears the doctor say, there's nothing more we can do for you, he looks for a chair to sit on because he, he suddenly feels himself sinking. I pray in the name that's above every other name. If the doctor had told you that there's nothing more they can do, my father would do something for you. In John 11, 39 to 44, John 11, 39 to 44, when Jesus got to the tomb of Lazarus, the sister said, this hole is too deep. Even you, there's something you can do about it. Jesus Christ said, let's wait and see. He spoke a word. And the man who had been dead for four days came back to life. In Ezekiel 37 from verse 1 to 10, Ezekiel 37 from verse 1 to 10, this God that I serve can make even dry bones live again. He can do it. It was a testimony I had when I was a young Christian. The boy had an accident and they had to amputate his two legs. And then he heard that a man of God was preaching somewhere that God is a miracle worker, there's nothing God cannot do. So he came, came to the crusade. Somehow God directed the attention of the man of God to this boy. Ah. God will direct his attention to you today. God spoke to the man of God loud and clear. The man of God heard. You know, occasionally when you hear what God is saying, unless you know it is God, it is difficult to announce. The man of God went down from the altar, stood before the boy, and said, Young man, go and buy yourself. A pair of shoes. But the boy looked at him. Are you mocking me? The two legs are gone. But the boy said, What? He came to me out of all this crowd. And the boy went, bought a pair of shoes. Came the second day, brought a pair of shoes. Nothing happened. Third day, nothing happened. The final day of the crusade, just as the man of God said, in the name of Jesus, two brand new legs grew out. That God is still alive today. I want you to write down your prayer number one. And that is, Father, Restore me fully tonight. Just restore me fully. If there's anything in my body that had gone, 
restore me fully tonight. We've had testimonies here. We've had testimonies of people without womb, people without fallopian tubes giving birth to children. That God has not changed. Right, cry to Him when the time comes that He should restore you fully. Are you in a marital hole? Are you lonely? Single? I have good news for you. Because according to Genesis chapter 2, and you can read it from verse 18 to 23, Genesis 2 verse 18 to 23, God is the original matchmaker. Adam didn't even know that he needed a wife. It was God's idea. So it's not a good thing for man to be alone. And you know what? He hasn't changed. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. Malachi 3 verse 6 says, I am the Lord. I change not. How do I know he hasn't changed? This is good news for those of you who are yet to be married. Because how am I going to have children if, I, if I'm not married? I'm believing God that before the end of the year, you will sing a new song. In Genesis 24, from verse 1 to the end, Genesis 24, from verse 1 to the end, the Bible tells us about how Abraham sent his servant to go and get a wife for Isaac. Isaac didn't even know that his father had made a plan. But what I found so interesting in that story was that when the servant got to a well, he prayed a prayer. Oh God of my master, I'm going to sit by this well. Among all the girls that will come here to fetch water, Anyone I say to, please give me water to drink. And she will say, I will give you water to drink. I will even give to your camels. Let him be the one you have chosen. Read that passage. Before he finished praying, the girl God has chosen came. Because God arranged everything. Whoever is going to be your partner, Sent from heaven in the name that's above every other name, even before the end of this month, that fellow will show up. Oh, baby, you are married, but uh, you've been trusting God for the fruit of the womb, and nothing had happened yet. He wiped away the tears of Hannah. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 9 to 20. 4 Samuel 1, 9 to 20. The Bible says, Hannah wept sore. But that was the last time she wept. And now I'm believing God. And there is someone here who has been weeping every month. The last time you wept, that's the last time you ever weep.
In Genesis 18, verse 9 to 14, Genesis 18, 9 to 14, when God said to Abraham that Sarah was going to have a son, Sarah laughed. It was a laughter of mockery. By the time we got to Genesis 21, it was no longer a laughter of mockery, it was a laughter of joy. Because as we have been told, old age is no barrier to him. I have so many stories I can tell you, many of them you have heard again and again. You've heard of someone here today, barren for 10 years, barren for 18 years, barren for 22 years. You've told you, I think last month or the month before, of one of my daughters in Britain who was barren for 38 years. That God who answers all these people will answer you also. And so write down your prayer number two and say, Father, put a new song of joy in my mouth this month. It's specific. Father, put a new song of joy in my mouth this month. Are you in a material hole? Down to next to nothing. In First Kings chapter 17, verse 8 to 16. First Kings 17. Thank you, Father. Daddy says, I carried Israel out of Egypt on eagles' wings. I will carry you out. Amen and amen. Daddy asked me to tell someone. He said, Anna asked for one child. She ended up with six. He asked me to tell you what I did for Hannah is what I'm going to do for you. In 1 Kings chapter 17, from verse 8 to 16, 1 Kings 17, 8 to 16, the widow of Zarephath was down to the last meal. But God was on time. In 2 Kings chapter 4, from verse 1 to 7, 2 Kings chapter 4, from verse 1 to 7, The other widow of the son of the prophet was not even just down to the last meal. The creditors were closing in. They wanted to sell his children. Not just poor, but heavily in debt. 
There are some people who are, who are so heavily in debt, they don't even know how they can ever pay. There is someone who can live to out of debt. That God is still here. In 2 Kings chapter 7 from verse 1 to 11. 2 Kings chapter 7 from verse 1 to 11. This God I'm talking about can lift a siege in less than 24 hours. Since we are so bad in the city, people were eating their children. When the man of God spoke and said, by this time tomorrow, there will be abundance. into the life of someone before you return next month you will be debt free how is is it going to happen never you try to figure out God with your brain I've said it before Once he decides to do something, he will do it. I will remind you of the story of one of my sons. I was at the University of Illinois. I just moved from the University of Lagos. And they gave me a mansion. And he had so many electrical problems. So this, my son, who was an electrician, came and helped me fix everything. When he finished, I said, okay. Uh, how much am I going to pay, sir? Daddy, how can I charge you? It's only one thing I want you to do for me. I don't have money to travel back. I have nothing at all. Just give me transport money and pray for me. I gave him transport money and I told him, you don't need prayer. I said, God will bless you. You see, some people don't understand when I say God will bless you. Many times when I'm going for my walk at night, I will see some people running towards me. And I know they want, they want help. And I will turn to them, lift my hand and say, God bless you. They will say amen and then they will say, come, eh, pray for me. Ah. When I say God bless you, that means the Almighty God will summon all the forces in heaven and on earth to assist you. May God bless you. So my son left the lorry, took public transport, arrived at Oyebo. Somewhere there in the Butemeta. And as he was coming down from the lorry or bus, he saw a classmate that he had not seen for years. Ah, hello, long time no see. What are you doing now? I'm an electrician. Uh, and you? Oh, 
I'm working at Dodan Barracks. Ah, that's very good. And the friend said to him, Come and see me tomorrow. He left me with God bless you some hours before. He arrived, met a friend he has not seen for a long time. That one said, See me at the Dan Barracks tomorrow. Two weeks later, when I saw my son, he was riding a brand new car. <laughs> Write down your prayer number three. Father, turn the tide for me tonight. Turn the tide for me. This very moment, turn the tide. Pull me out of poverty on a permanent basis. Are you in a hole socially? Are you a total failure? The Almighty God can move you to a new level today. In Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11. Luke 5 from verse 1 to 11. Peter was a total failure. Fished all night, caught nothing. But within an hour, a total level, a, a total failure had been moved to a totally new level. In Genesis 26, from verse 1 to 14, Genesis 26. Ah, thank you, Father. I want to say amen to this one before I tell you. <laughs> because Daddy says there's someone here tonight who will very soon say, Lord, I have enough. I don't know enough of what? Maybe enough of children, maybe enough of money, maybe enough of health. Somebody will soon say, Lord, I have enough. If you are that one, let me hear you shout hallelujah. In Genesis 26, from verse 1 to 14, Genesis 26, 1 to 14, it was in the midst of a famine, serious famine, that Isaac became the envy of a nation. Years ago, when I was studying that part of the scriptures, God pointed out something to me. And said, stars are seen only in the night. When everything is dark, that's when stars begin to shine. I prophesied to someone today, irrespective of what the economy of the nation may be saying, you will shine. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 9 to 13. 2 Samuel chapter 6. 
from verse 9 to 13. The Bible tells us a story. David was about to bring the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. An accident happened on the way. Somebody touched the ark that shouldn't touch it and died. And David said, ah, no, I can't take the ark of the covenant into my house. So he took it to the house of Obededom. Uh, they said Obededom, the Gittite. If he can die, let him die. It doesn't matter. Uh, Obededom was nobody. But within three months, Obededom became the talk of the town. As the God who sent me lives, there's somebody here before December. You will become famous. You know, it takes only one miracle, just one miracle, for you to become known. By the grace of God, next next month I will bring that my daughter here and let her come and tell her story. I'm sure you read about her, who just went witnessing, and then miracles began to happen. And it took policemen to rescue her from those who wanted to torture her. When she woke up that morning, she didn't know she was going to become the talk of the town. And that God who did that one for her will surprise you also. I've told you the story of one of my sons that where I told some people. When he was very young, small boy, who come to church at a Butemeta and give me one naira every Sunday. And as little as he was, he would prophesy. Daddy, one day I will buy you a jet. <laughs> and I will say, Amen. Touch him on the head. God bless you, my son. Come to buy me a jet. One, one naira. <laughs> then, after some time, I didn't see him for a while. Where is my one one era boy? He has grown and left. And one day, after one program in London, he came. Do you remember me? The face looks familiar, but uh, oh, I'm your one one era boy. Ah, how are you? He said, I'm not able to buy you a jet yet. But I have a gift for you. I said, good, where's the gift? I said, you have to come outside to see. What kind of gift is this that cannot be carried into my office? I went outside and I saw. 
a Mercedes S class. He said, I'm on my way. There's somebody here tonight. Everything your heart desires to do for God, God will make it easy for you. Write down your prayer number four. Prayer number four. Father, turn my life to a major testimony. Father, turn my life to a major testimony. But then, like I said, there are some people. Thank you, Father. The Lord said, There's someone here tonight. So, from now on, on a daily basis, I will draw you closer and closer and closer to me. Hmm. That must be me. Are you in many holes? Not just one. Like the man in John chapter 5. From verse 2 to 9. John 5. 2 to 9. Is a man who had been sick by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. For 38 years. If a man had been sick for 38 years, he's in a hole. <laughs> Particularly because there was no doctor who could heal him anyway. That's why he was at the pool of Bethesda waiting for an angel. It doesn't matter how long you have been sick, it doesn't matter. How bad the sickness. There's someone still called the great physician. His name is Jesus. He can single you out of a crowd. Like he did for that man. And he healed him. The man was not only in the physical hole. It was in a material hole. He hasn't worked for 38 years. So you, you know he must be begging for food. He was lonely. He was a, in a social hole. He, he said, I had no help. Nobody to help me. Nobody needs to tell you that he had no wife. No children. In a single moment, no matter how many holes are yours, the Almighty God can pull you out of them all. He can silence your mockers. Because one of the beautiful things about the story of Sarah was in Genesis chapter 16. Verse 1 to 4, Genesis 16, verse 1 to 4. When she discovered that she wasn't bearing children for Abraham, he asked Abraham to take 
the house, house help. And as soon as the house help became pregnant, the Bible says she began to mock her mistress. You see the difference between us? You are called the mistress of the house. Here, I'm just a bond woman. They look at my belly. But when God made Sarah laugh, the mocker ceased. Everyone who have been mocking you will soon be celebrating with you. I'm sure you remember the story of one man. We went to Akure for a congress. We finished the congress and I was, everybody was going home. We were rejoicing. We had a wonderful time. And there was this man who blocked my way. I said, sir, I mean, we finished, sir. You're not going anywhere. <clears throat> you must hear my problem. Okay, what's your problem? Well, he was a fairly rich man. He had a, a factory. But for one reason or the other, all the engines in the factory broke down. And everything they could do to start them failed. So they ran into debt. He became so heavy in debt that when his friends saw him coming, they ran. They ran because they are not asking for what he owed them. They are running so that he won't be able to borrow more. And then, things got so bad, there was no food in the house, and uh, no food for the children. At a stage, the wife could no longer take it, because the children were always crying for food. And the wife became mentally deranged. So they had to take her to one local herbalist for treatment. Because the husband has no money to take her to any hospital. She said, that's my story. I said, in that case, stretch out your hand. He stretched out his hand. I lay my hands on his hand and I prayed. When you get home, lay the hands on whatever. He went home, he laid his hand on the machines, they jumped to walk, they began to walk. Ah, this thing is working. He ran to where the wife was, laid the hands on the wife. The wife jagged as if somebody was waking her up from his sleep. I said, what am I doing here? Ah. The next time I saw him, he was riding a brand new car. Today is the traditional head of his town. From zero, the almighty God moved him to the throne. Right down 
your next prayer point if you can see. If not, just remember it. And it is Father. Just lift me up into glory. Using any method you want. Any method you want to lift me into glory. Just lifting up into glory. And now, lifting is in categories. Because holes are in categories. When you look at Genesis chapter 30, from verse 1 to 2, Genesis 30 from verse 1 to 2, and then 22 to 24. Genesis 31 to 2, and 22 to 24. We have the case of husband is young, and wife is young. It's just that the wife is barren. So the two of them are young. Their own hole was not very deep. By the time you get to Second King chapter 4, from verse 8 to 17, Second King chapter 4 from verse 8 to 17, the husband is old. It is the wife who is not so old, but the husband was old. So their own hole was deeper than the case of uh, husband is young, wife is young. In Genesis 18, from verse 9 to 14, Genesis 18, 9 to 14, in the case of Abraham and Sarah, husband was old, the wife was old. Their own hole was deeper still. And then in Luke chapter 7, verse 11 to 16, Luke 7, 11 to 16. <laughs> the husband was dead. And the only son of the family was dead. And that's as deep as they could go. But there is someone with the everlasting arm. No matter how deep your hole may be, he will bring you up. I don't want to tell you many stories tonight because I want to give you time to pray. Because we'll be praying in a moment. So I want you to write down your own prayer point, the next prayer point. And that is that, Father, prove your almightiness in my life tonight. Prove your almightiness in my life tonight. Because the Bible says in Jeremiah 32, thank you, Father. There was a song we used to sing. <laughs> 
been singing it recently. Some of you may know it. Wonder so so, wonder so so, wonder when Jesus they do for me. Wonder so so, wonder so so, wonder when Jesus they do for me. How many of you know that song? Eh? Uh, because we need to learn it quickly. Wonder so so, wonder so so, wonder when Jesus they do for me. Wonder so so, wonder so so, wonder when Jesus they do for me. Because God says, by this time next year, that is the song somebody will be singing. Jeremiah 32 verse 27 Jeremiah 32 verse 27 The Bible says The Almighty God has a question He said behold I am the God of all flesh Is anything too hard for me? So in the name that's above every other name Your own will not be too hard for God That is why your prayer will be God just prove your almightiness in my life let me conclude so you can pray those who came to the divine encounter on Monday I told them the story in 2nd Kings chapter 4 verse 1 to 7 2nd Kings 4 1 to 7 it would be a good idea if we get the tape. But the point I made for them there is this. If somebody falls into a hole, deep hole, and he can't get out by himself, the first thing that fellow needs to do is cry. Cry until somebody can hear. Because if you are in the hole and you keep quiet, everybody will be passing by. They won't even know you are in the hole. After the fellow had cried and somebody had heard, the fellow can come, look down and say, Ah, so there's somebody down there. Okay. Hold on, I'll come and help you. And then he goes to get a rope. And throws the rope down to you. And then he will tell you what to do with the rope. He may say, tie the rope around your waist two times. Do it this way, do it that way. And then hold on so that I can pull you out. I say, after you cry. And somebody wants to help you are hard. You must hack him diligently to what he says listen to the instruction he gives and then do exactly as he says you must pay attention to details that widow the son of the, of the son of the prophet she was told in details go borrow empty vessels Borrow not a few. 
shut the door on you and your sons. Begin to pour out the oil and set aside that which is full. She followed the details. And I told them, for example, maybe you had some people crying, clapping when they said the suffering time. They learned it on Monday. I told them a story of when I went to a church somewhere abroad. As soon as I entered the church, I knew, uh-uh, God has blessed these people. Everyone there, they were all looking prosperous. And I was wondering, uh, are we not serving the same God? But then they say, well, the service went on, and as soon as they say, offering time, oh, they all began to rejoice. They all began to clap. And, I, and God spoke to me and said, you see, that's their secret. They are not treating me as a beggar. Because he said in his word, God loves the cheerful giver. Among my people, when we say it is offering time, some people think, oh God, they have come again. No, no, no. These people got excited. They began to clap. They began to shout. They were rejoicing. God said, they are not treating me as a beggar. Details. And then finally, that woman came back to testify. There are many of us here who have many testimonies, and we have never shared one. That is why God is not lifting us higher. Because when God gives you a miracle, and you keep quiet about it, then there's no need for him to give you a second one. And yet we can go much higher than where we are. There's nobody among us who is already too high. I believe deeply within me that the Almighty God chose this particular theme for the beginning of our new year because he has made up his mind to promote some people. Who will be the first to be promoted? Let me hear you shout hallelujah. So your last prayer point will be, Father, hear my cry tonight. Hear my cry. Because if he hears your cry, And he drops his rope to you. By the time he's pulling you out. Because his arms are everlasting. He will just keep on lifting you. And lifting you. And lifting you. I've given the illustration before. If a man is the one lifting you. How high he can lift you is determined by how tall he is. 
how high this tambourine can go is determined by how tall I am. If I like, I can go on my toes to lift it higher. But after some time, my toes will be paining me. So I go back and then it will begin to come down. After some time, my hand will be heavy and then the tambourine will begin to go down. After some time, I'm tired of standing and I go and sit down and the tambourine will be going down. But if God is the one who is lifting you, you'll be going higher and higher and higher until you get into glory. When you get into glory, then you will discover that glory is a category. There's a category of the glory of the sun. There's a category of the glory of the moon. There's a category of the glory of the stars. And stars even differ from stars in glory. So it doesn't matter how high you are now. You can go higher still. The altar is open. I'm going to give you 20 minutes because all your prayer points are going to be taken together now. Come and cry to God. The prayer of tonight is not the prayer of ladies and gentlemen. A man who is in a hole must cry loud and clear so that the one who can help him will hear the cry. Come and cry to the Almighty God. Cry to Him. Take all your prayer points that you have written down and begin to cry to the Almighty God for the next 20 minutes. Cry to Him. Let Him hear your voice. And I can assure you, He will lift you up tonight and lift you into glory. Go ahead. Talk to the Almighty God. If the fellow next to you wants to pray quietly, that's no problem. That's their own concern. Maybe they are not in need of a lifting. But if you need a lifting, cry. Let God hear you. Jesus. Let us begin to bring our prayers to a close. Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. The Almighty God will hear your cry. He will restore you fully. Whatever may be the hole you are in, He will bring you up.
He will lift you so high, your enemy will never be able to touch you. From now on, you'll be far above sickness. Far above disease. Far above barrenness. Far above failure. Far above defeat. Even the height you never dreamt you can reach. God will take you higher than that. He will hear your cry. And he will answer you by fire. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Let someone shout hallelujah. God bless you. You may please go back to your seat. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Now we just want to say thank you to the almighty God before That's better, but that's not good enough. That's not good enough. <laughs> the people I told you about, when they say offering time, they, they shout, they jump, they rejoice, they, they rejoice. Good. Now, so let's quickly get ready our Thanksgiving offering. And um, while you are doing that, let me remind you once again, the Congress is the second, is always the second week in December. So the Congress this year is going to be Monday the 9th of December to Sunday the 15th. Monday the 9th to Sunday the 15th. And the theme is The Great Turnaround. The Great Turnaround. Okay. Now, so let, let's, let's stand on our feet if you already got your offering ready. And then, with joy in our hearts, we dance to the nearest basket, drop our offering. And then I will say the closing blessing, and you'll be on your way home. God bless you. Jesus, you're a wonder. Jesus, you're a wonder. Jesus, you're a wonder. You're a wonder to my soul.
And so, Father, we, we bless your holy name. Thank you for a wonderful beginning to our new year. Thank you for the marvelous things you have already said and done tonight. Please accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Father, bless the offering of your children. They've given it to you cheerfully. Father, respond cheerfully. Bless them this month like never before. Even before the end of this month, let your children begin to sing wonder. So, so. The Almighty God will go with you. And all of you who are trusting God for the fruit of the womb, this will be your month. Very, very soon, we will hear your testimonies. In all areas of your life, you will no longer be fruitless. It shall be well with you, and you will serve God like never before. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Who got the highest lifting tonight? Shout the loudest hallelujah. 